Welcome back, everyone. Uh, my name is Valentine, editor at TechSim, and today I'm joined by Chad Johan. Uh, and I've always made the guests redundant by introducing them, and then they just repeat the same thing. So I'll let Chad introduce himself. Thank you, Valentine. Um, uh, it's 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 a pleasure to be on your on your podcast, and uh, I love what TechSim uh, has been doing and what you guys keep uh, innovating. So my name is Chad Chawanda, young entrepreneur, started business in Zimbabwe in 2001, uh, just, the be- just towards the beginning of the collapse of the Zimbabwean economy. And uh, straight out of high school, started uh, a panel beating business and over the years have been involved in different uh, sectors of, of the economy in Zimbabwe and outside Zimbabwe. I'm not based outside Zim. But uh, I'm running a digital agency, which is called Advocado Africa, which is based out of Rwanda. And it's the one that does uh, digital marketing for Chicken Nut and uh, Coffee Republic, where I'm also uh, part of the executive. Oh, nice. So that, that's quite a lot to do, uh, because I also know that you're a podcaster. <laughs> so that's, that, that's pretty much where, where I know you from. So it's weird to be interviewing another podcaster. Um, I don't know for so, you, like... It, <laughs> it's actually interesting. This so this is my first podcast where I'm, where I'm being interviewed. Interviewed. Mm-hmm. Apart from uh, my first episode, the episode zero zero, where I was in, interviewed, uh, you know, uh, by a fellow podcaster. But this is my first podcast outside Six African Trade Talks. So thank you very much. Yeah, so I'm going to try to make it as as, as least weird as possible. So let's just start at at uh, at your entrepreneurial journey itself. Um, how it all started. You said you started a panel beating business. Um, most people don't go the, like, well, the conventional way that I know that most people start their lives out is, you know, a, a career career. You know, they, they, they work for someone else. Uh, nobody really wants to strike out anymore. So what, what was that jump to be like, now I want to do my own thing in a sense. So, you know, when I was around form two, uh, my mother started uh, a, a business to supply Jaggers. Uh, the, the wholesaler that closed uh, in around 2008. They, he, she started supplying uh, food, you know, uh, to, to the workers, the jaggers. So I used to do the deliveries uh, during holiday. And my father was doing, uh, was, was a soldier, and he had also ventured into business. And he started supplying Zesa uh, with uh, what was called uh, the Rural Certification Program. So after school as well, uh, I would get opportunities to to do deliveries, and around two thousand, around nineteen ninety nine, you know there were strikes. You know that's the the rise of uh, the Morgan Shangri era, and you know I I I just didn't like uh, going to to, to a, a normal routine work environment, and uh, I actually didn't like school because it was structured in a routine manner. So I thought there must be something else interesting here. And I saw what my mom was doing. I saw what my dad was doing. And uh, it, 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 it excited me. And by, 2000 and, by 2001, uh, as I was finishing my O-levels, uh, and I decided to, to start exploring more into, into this whole world of business. And because I used to do delivery, so I made friends with uh, people that were working where my mom and dad were, were, were doing deliveries. And by 2002, February, I went in, I, I, I bought a newspaper, looked for a shelf company, uh, found this company called Coolchest, and uh, contacted them, went and bought my first shelf company. Uh, you know. And from there, I then 
thought, you know, I don't want to do what my mom and dad are doing. Let me look for my uncle. So my uncle, my mother's brother, owned a company called Global Insurance Company. And he was the president of, of the insurance companies in Zimbabwe. And um, I contacted him and he said to me, no, if you are looking into getting into business, maybe one of the areas that you can look at is panel beating. Uh, and I had seen there was a gentleman called Jay Masters in Zimbabwe, in Ara- I mean, in Waterfalls. Uh, that stayed opposite our house. He used to drive all the fancy cars and everything. And when my uncle said panel beating, I then immediately thought of J Masters and I thought, oh, okay, this is a way of me for me to drive cool cars. And uh, boom, I went into panel beating. And my first landlord was actually Philip Chiangwa. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes, in Willowville. Oh, okay. So, so how did that go? Like, uh, is it still running or did you, did you, did you, uh, when you transitioned, did you stop? So as I, as I started panel beating, I made him, well, I thought I was, it was a noble idea. Uh, I went and partnered with a guy who had just failed. And, uh, my father came to me and said to me, you got into panel beating. Why would you do such a thing? And I explained to him what I was thinking and everything. And he said to me, no, no, no. You're not going to do panel beating. Imagine I just finished setting up my my business mm. and uh, with using money that I had saved, right? And he said to me, no, you will not uh, get into panel beating. You need to get into a business that you are able to scale, right? I didn't even understand the word scale. And he said, you need to get into a business that you're able to scale and that you can go and do in any country. Now, look at all the people that are doing panel beating in Zimbabwe at that particular time. Who has bought a house in such a short space of time? And there was no one. So it says you need to get into a business that will allow you to be able to get as much money as you want if you want to build, right? So I thought he was joking. And he came and, uh, you know, told the guys that we were there that they must leave. And I was really pissed off. Uh, I just ran the business for about two months. And um, we had to close. After closing, what I then decided to do was go into competition with my father because he had stopped me uh, from what I wanted to do. So I, get, I got into, <laughs> I got into, into supplying uh, of the role education. And um, within a short space of time, uh, it was quite lucrative. I, got, I became a millionaire uh, in Zimbabwean dollars time. Uh, I remember I was sitting on about 15 million Zimbabwean dollars in 2002. And I had to decide whether I wanted to, whether I wanted to buy a tractor because that was the time of land, I mean, uh, land grant. So there was so much uh, equipment that was on, on auction and everything. So I bought a tractor and I went to my other mother's brother, uh, who was now, who was a banker and uh, he was trying to venture into DRC, he gave him about five million dollars uh, because he said he was going to buy cattle. And then he said to me, there's an opportunity in London where you can uh, go and start um, a money transfer business. So I, I liked the idea, went straight uh, to my parents and said, you know what, I've got my money. I would like to go to London and start a business there. Uh, I'm working with my uncle. He says, okay, no, no problem. You can do that. So I went into London and uh, uh, it was actually, we're trying to open a branch uh, or franchise of uh, what was called end-to-end international money transfers, which was owned by Century Bank. Uh, at the time, as Zimbabwean back. And uh, yeah, so I went into London, stayed there for about a month, trained, uh, didn't really like what London was like because 
um, it was just, I felt it was just, it wasn't my space. So came back and uh, got into FMCG import and export up until 2008 into Jagas uh, because I had relationships there up until around 2007, 2008, and then moved into the mining sector, uh, you know, because of the collapse of the Zim economy, decided to move into the mining sector, uh, imported, um, well, got a contract from a company called HCGC, Wange Coal Gasification Company, uh, which is in Wange, uh, which was a partnership between the Chinese, Wange Colliery, and, and uh, some local consortium. And between 2008 and 2010, I was moving the equipment. I moved the whole plant from China to Zimbabwe. Because I was in the FMCG and transport, I had access to logistics. So I managed to, to secure a deal where I could give them credit through some partners in, in Durban. And um, uh, yeah, so by around 2011, ventured into uh, mineral exports. So I started buying coal from this mine. I mean, from this plant in Wangi, and I started exporting it into, into the DRC. 2012, one most, most improved exporter of the year, uh, and second run-up exporter of the year in the mining sector. Number one was Makomo, number two was uh, Mimosa Mine, and number three was us. So, so yeah, it's, it's, it's been a journey, and um, uh, eventually got into a quick service restaurant, got into LPG gas, and uh, yeah, relocated to, to to South Africa, and I operate between South Africa and Rwanda now. No, so you don't operate through Zimbabwe, uh, which, which so, is so, motherland. Yeah, so so Zimbabwe, we we do have an office, uh, but more digital. So I'm now focusing more on uh, on, on the Pan African uh, business model because I believe that uh, you know uh, maybe it's something that a lot of people might not know, but one of the most traveled Africans is Zimbabweans because of what we've gone through in our economy. Mm. There are Zimbabweans all over. So it's easy to learn from someone who's in another country, anywhere in the world. Uh, so, so yeah, so I decided to, to venture into, into Pan-African uh, business. And um, I also started a podcast, Six African Trade Talks, which is, which is also a, an intra-Africa trade um, uh, podcast. But I still have interest in Zimbabwe. Uh, and uh, yeah, I love Zimbabwe, you know, and um, would love to always do something in the motherland. Mm, I true that. So, yeah. when it comes to digital marketing or the marketing agency, how, how did that come about? Like, uh, was that something that happened in the turn of the pandemic, or this was something you had brewing well before that happened? So, around 2017. Or 2000, 2016, rather, mm. um, I was doing business in in, in Dubai. And I saw how uh, digital marketing was growing. And I had remembered that uh, around 2013, I read a book by a guy called Gary Vaynerchuk. Mm-hmm. He is one of the leading uh, professionals in, in the digital marketing space. And, you know, I was listening to an audio book when I was driving to, to, to DRC, to Lubumbashi from Harare. And he spoke about how the industry and marketing was going to be transformed because of digital. And... I kept on looking for the best uh, business model that could use digital. And uh, I set up a business in, in, in the U.S. Uh, called Optimum African Experience. And I felt that the only way that we could get into the, um, the tourism space, which is, which is a big uh, industry uh, that has got huge opportunities, especially in Africa, 
I then realized that the easiest way was through digital marketing. So I set up the company um, and and I thought that I was going to drive it through tourism. But for some reason, uh, our tourism business didn't gain traction at that time. Um, one of the reasons was because we wanted to start in Zimbabwe. So we started in Zimbabwe and that's when uh, around 2017, 2018, the economy started collapsing again. And, you know, we couldn't take off the way that we wanted to take off. Um, so I then thought that, okay, why not use it for a business like Chicken Art? Because that's when we had just gotten into, into Chicken Art. And um, there was no, all the fast food businesses were not focusing on, on, on digital. Uh, and we actually were the pioneers, uh, I, I would love to believe, in terms of digital at that time. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it, it went on gain traction, but I had always had a passion of uh, creating employment for people living with uh, disability. And, uh, I thought that, okay, maybe the best way is to then look at, um, how digital can include people living with disability. So, uh, you know, started looking for people living with disability. Uh, and we use a term called people of determination, which is a term we borrowed from, from Dubai, from the UAE. And uh, yeah, employed uh, people of determination, and we started building Avocado. And uh, yeah, so we've, we've been going uh, from that time, and um, we we've managed to grow, uh, you know, chicken art, pre- chicken arts presence. Uh, we've managed to uh, get on board uh, Coffee Republic as well, and we've done a couple of websites, and now we we we've got a podcast that that, that we're running which is the six African trade talks. And uh, now we are going outside uh, our comfort zone and get taking in on board more customers. And uh, we're also looking at working with different influencers and, and, and so forth. So yeah, it's, a, it's been an interesting journey. So just, just to touch on specifically on the digital marketing aspect, um, Zimbabwe is not unique. It's a unique, I should say, environment when it comes to digital marketing because um, not a lot of people are, are online. And if you're going to be online and, you know, start moving or start making an impression online, you have to be very precise about what you're doing and have to manage the channels very well because, again, access is not the same everywhere. So what kind of approach did you take or did Avocado take when it, when it comes to looking at the Zimbabwean situation in isolation from everywhere else? Because I know you said South African Rwanda. Those, I think, are a little bit, I think, more in terms of into, into, into uh, the digital platforms. So how different was the approach for Zimbabwe? So I think, you know, what, what is quite interesting about Zimbabwe is that um, Zimbabwe is a unique country. And uh, why, why is that? Because a lot of people in Zimbabwe travel. It wasn't very difficult to, to venture into the digital space. Um, and because Zimbabweans, they, you know, they, they, because Zimbabwe, there are many Zimbabweans living outside Zimbabwe. So the flow of information into Zimbabwe is actually faster than a lot of other countries. So Zimbabweans are actually, actually have got very good exposure to what's happening outside uh, Zimbabwe because of that fact that there are a lot of people in the diaspora. So uh, our first strategy was uh, we looked at what other brands were doing outside Zimbabwe. Uh, from um, from a digital space, and we 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 decided to go on with uh, the, the the angle of guerrilla marketing. And um, what we did is we we saw that there is no one, there was no one in Zimbabwe 
who was um you know doing jokes uh and who who had any any puns and so forth uh you know in terms of marketing just like what nando's does in south africa for some reason nando's in zimbabwe doesn't do that and um we thought that okay uh why don't why not introduce this in zimbabwe and and we started i remember the first one of the first adverts that we had that uh, went viral was uh one where we said uh musajge socie nando right but the but the the the, the creator or uh, you know the creative team uh, made it look like it was almost like a nando's uh you know uh post and you know it 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 went viral and we meant uh we, you know we we were talking about uh, the other sources that people were eating and you know there's so many players that were trying to do so many things so we were saying our source is the authentic portuguese uh in zimbabwe because uh you know we felt that we were zimbabwean uh fully zimbabwean and it it, it just took off so was that like because I'm I'm looking at Mambo's uh and and their uh you know marketing campaign it is on the very I should say adventurous side um so did that also play in uh, in terms of um um how you're going to like grab attention I, I think that's like for a better term uh in the Zim market so so what's actually interesting is we started and uh, Mambo's saw what we're doing and they copied so uh but you know we 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 ventured into different spaces uh we also ventured more closer to you know politics related uh current events related and we got to a point where we said okay now we need to 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 stop and and when we were actually about to stop that's when nandos i mean when mambos came in and uh, uh you know uh, put a post uh that was sort of sort of trying to uh you know provoke us in 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 a certain way and uh you know it's it's marketing so we responded and it ended up uh to bank abc and when it ended up when i how it ended up to bank abc uh it was now it was now hovering around uh, uh mambo ndiani right so 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 we then we then um, had an opportunity to in, to to uh, invite um uh, the CEO of Bank ABC Lance Mambondiani to our shop uh, because we're saying Mambondiani so we're saying only Lance would tell you kuti Mambondiani you know in Shona so yeah. so so Lance visited and uh, he liked what we're doing and um you know we also then because of the business background we then took an opportunity to actually create something uh, to a point where we've created a relationship with Bank ABC and as of today if you actually go on uh, bank abc's uh, social media handles they are actually uh, giving away free chicken or chicken to anyone that orders a bank abc visa card mm-hmm. um so 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 we then started using it more to benefit the business and to create value for our stakeholders so so in terms of the the diaspora market is one of the bigger ones in um in Zimbabwe is Zimbabwe are, are very well traveled and a number of businesses have tried to kind of position themselves well uh when it comes to uh, to attract diaspora purchases because remember last year remittances were at a billion this year seemingly going up as well um 
and we saw, uh, I think it was Simbisa uh, with Wafi and their the voucher system. So have, have you positioned yourself in that in that sort of scenario to be able to capture that big market that's that's emerged, or that that was already there, but now we can see figures for? Certainly. So December, so we were also the pioneers uh, in the diaspora market for for the fast food, for, or rather quick service uh, restaurant business. In December 2019, uh, I remember sitting down with our digital marketing team and we said, you know what, uh, there must be a way that we can um, tap into the diaspora market. So um, we then thought that, okay, why don't we, it was closer to Christmas. I remember it was around the 10th of December. And we said, why don't we buy a SIM card and a cell phone, right? Uh, so we went into uh, uh, we went into into one of the supermarkets here in South Africa. We bought a SIM card. We bought a we bought a cell phone, and we just went on our social media pages and we said um, there is no chicken. I mean, sorry, there is no Christmas without a chicken. And order chicken from Chicken Hut and we we'll deliver to your to your relatives in Arare, Kweku, and Gweru because that's where we had branches. And it just started taking off. So. What I learned from there is that, yes, the diaspora market is a good market. And sometimes even just going simple can, can create value. So with the WhatsApp platform, we started building a diaspora market. And uh, today we now have a website and we believe in convenience. So uh, we, we thought of the voucher space, uh, which we actually did. We started uh, uh, vouchers for for the quick service restaurant business around 2018, where we had what were called um, uh, SDG vouchers because we believe in sustainability. So we aligned, uh, we were trying to align our model with the sustainable development goals and we had SDG vouchers. So, but they didn't really take off at that time. And we thought that uh, we don't want to sit with someone's money. We would rather give them convenience immediately. If someone wants a meal, uh, they come on, on our platform. Uh, we now have a website uh, and we're building an app. They come on our platform, they buy the meal, 30 minutes to 45 minutes later, the transaction is complete. Okay. So how far along is the app uh, from, from being live? So so the, the app will only be live uh, early next year. There are other interesting um, options that we are going to be adding uh, in partnership with uh, with Last Mile, uh, mm-hmm. which is our delivery partner. So, so you know, we thought that we would want to create more value for the diaspora, and uh, so there are other options that um, that we are going to be putting on the on the platform. So, just moving along to Coffee Republic, because uh, I remember we had a conversation was it last year about the expansion. Uh, across Zimbabwe, uh, visited a store myself, uh, you know, good coffee, good service. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I had nothing to complain about because I was going in there kind of like a critic to be like, yeah, I know Chad called me up. He's like, you know, go check it out if you haven't already. And yeah, well, you know, uh, it's great service and, and, and it's, it's a good product. Um, so how have you aligned now Coffee Republic since it's not got a website? Is it going to get its own app? Um, you know, I know you do deliveries from, uh, I can order from my house and I get deliveries. Are there going to be any more developments in terms of opening it up? If I'm not mistaken, I saw something about, uh, a Vic Falls or Kariba branch was the last week on, on, on social media. So generally what, what, what can you expect from like Coffee Republic, uh, in terms of its push, uh, digitally? 
So, uh, Coffee Republic, if, if you go on our digital platform, you will see that every post that we have there is aligned to a travel destination or a tourist destination in Zimbabwe. Um, globally, coffee uh, inspires or coffee drives travel. And um, we've looked at uh, models like Starbucks. Mm-hmm. And we've realized that um, if, we, if we were to, to bring in a Starbucks store in Zimbabwe, the cost is too expensive. So, so Starbucks is not aligned for the African market. Apart from South Africa, where there's a, you know, there's a bigger, bigger market, uh, and hopefully maybe Nigeria. Um, we thought that we need to create a hybrid of a coffee business. And, um, uh, I mean, if you look at the coffee consumption in Zimbabwe, uh, based on coffee imports is over $2 million. Per, 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 per annum. And I, I believe that coffee is growing. If you look at coffee globally, coffee is now the second most traded commodity after oil. So, so that, that tells you something. So we've decided that we're going to drive coffee uh, consumption uh, for a positive reason. And what we've also discovered is majority of coffee drinkers are people that enjoy and love traveling. So we'd love to build local travel using coffee. Uh, and that's, that's our model. So wherever anyone goes to holiday in Zimbabwe, they will go, there's going to be uh, a coffee republic on the road. So that's, that's our model. Uh, we're fortunate that um, uh, coffee republic has been in a space where, where uh, it has been, you know, it's aligned or uh, it's, 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 it's in it's it's in a chicken at store. So from a digital space, which is where uh, I have more authority, is that um, what we want to do is let's change the narrative of our country uh, of Zimbabwe. Because at the end of the day, yes, there could be negatives, but there are also positives. And at the end of the day, whilst things can be a challenge. There are also others that are succeeding and look finding opportunities in those challenges, and we would want to bring out the good of Zimbabwe uh, through marketing, through uh, you know raising awareness of all these beautiful places that the country has through our digital platforms. So, so we've really taken digital marketing to be uh, a source of inspiration, a source of hope, and uh, a driver of positivity uh, in, 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 in the country. So, so yes, there's going to be a lot that is going to come through the uh, digital marketing of the Coffee Republic brand. Fantastic. Uh, I hope Coffee Republic uh, becomes a staple because I remember a friend of mine, uh, she, she's from Israel. She was like, Starbucks failed in Israel because they're trying to teach us how to drink coffee. When we've been drinking coffee for like hundreds of years. So I hope by the time Starbucks decides to come in and start a franchise in Zim, there really is no hope for them to do that similarly like there was in, in Israel where you know local companies like Coffee Republic have pretty much become a mainstay and you know um, they they have dictated the tradition of how you know coffee and other beverages are consumed certainly and and, and I also believe that um, you know just like how you have um, uh, chicken licken hmm. they, they tried to come into Zimbabwe and uh, they didn't succeed because Simbisa uh, Chicken Inn was strong. Mm-hmm. So um, if, if you look at markets where 
chicken in has been has gone in and uh, uh, built market share. It's very difficult for other brands to go in and 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 take market share. So so yes, we 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 want more African brands. Uh, and one of the things that I would, that I would share is that um, you know these borders that we look at, they were only created literally just over less than 120 years ago. So they should not they should not be uh, they should not block uh, the vision of a, a, a bigger um, or they should not block the mindset of conquering a bigger space in our continent. So anyone that is doing business, they should look at it and say, apart from Zimbabwe, where else can we take this in Africa and globally, if possible, because that's how global brands do it. You know, when they come to Africa, they look at a global perspective or a continental perspective. It's very, it's very rare when they look at a country perspective. So, so yes, I hope that, um, uh, our digital marketing is going to drive uh, coffee uh, in in Zimbabwe for Coffee Republic and uh, across Africa. Yeah, that's great, Chad. Thank you very much for your time. Um, you know, this was pretty interesting to know that. Yeah, you know, uh, you're doing good things um, with Chicken Nut and Coffee Republic and Six Africa Trade Talks, which I'll leave a, a link to. Um, so you can go check out a, a list of number of interesting guests that have been on there uh, and it's been running for a while and I, I, I consume it myself. So I recommend that you go check it out yourself. I'll leave that in, in the description. Thank you, Chad, for your time. Uh, yeah. And hopefully we'll chat again soon. All right. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, uh, have, a, have a great day. Cheers. Cheers. Bye.